Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules are simple. We can discuss as many ideas as we like, but only one can be taken to the next stage, where it'll be pitched to Netflix, with Adam Sandler cast as the lead, support, love interest, and quirky sidekick. I'm Joel, a man who puts the curve in scurvy, that sort of works, and across from me is John Harris a man who has never been to Gloucester, owing to a long-standing family curse. And joining us, John. Yes. Very excited to be joined by Luke Ibbotson. And we've just had a lengthy conversation about how to pronounce your surname. And you did a very good job. You claim to be the only Ibbotsons on Earth. Not on Earth. That's what you were saying before we hit record, (laughs) mate. My family... Yeah. uh, ...over Ibbotsons as well. You said that your family had gone... had uh, Back in the day... Hopped on longboats, yep. gone around murdering every other Ibbotson they could find. I thought we said we'd keep that <laughs> secret. Uh, we're going to pitch some films, and then we're going to plug your wares at the end of the show. How does that sound? That sounds fantastic. John, Thank give you. us a film pitch. Ah! Give us a film pitch. What about this one from Kim, The Jungle Notebook? Uh, yeah, Has nice. anyone seen The Notebook? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have. What, t- talk me through it. It's kind of a love... Uh, like a very sad love story. I think it's a Nicholas Sparks book yes. originally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And, yeah, it's kind of a really soppy, sentimental love story where they're p- apart for years and then they're together again. How would you combine go- that with Jungle? I suppose Jungle Book is like that. Doesn't Mowgli get separated? It's the Gosling breakthrough role, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's Amy, Amy Adams? Amy Adams. Yeah. No, no. no. Right, um, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams, yeah. one of the famous one Adams. One of the famous Adams, Rachel McAdams, Ryan Gosling. He's got a beard. He looks very hunky. I think of course he looks hunky. Yeah. It's the first role where ladies, you know, started thinking he's going to be on my wall on posters, right? Not just yeah. ladies, mate. Men mm. too. Apologies, you're I mean, correct. I'm not a lady. <laughs> <laughs> there was a stirring in my loins. Uh, yeah, I don't really know much. I, don't, I have seen it. I know he builds a house... He does. Uh, I remember he hangs from a, a Ferris wheel in some sort of oh, weird decoration. Oh, he does. Of love, yeah, he like, hangs from a Ferris wheel and then threatens to kill himself if if she doesn't go on a date with him. Which, n- by now standards, is is pretty. Yeah, it's, it's kind quite of, full on, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's putting a lot. He's putting a lot out there. How um how at risk have you kill ever? Himself? Yeah, well, he's hanging from the Ferris wheel and he's like, "You don't go on a date with me. I'm going to let go." I yeah, think maybe then at one point he drops to one hand. He does, which is you know. A, risky, but B, a show of how strong he is. It's quite clever. <laughs> and then he sort of lets each finger go, and it's just the little finger by the end. Joel uh, has never uh, been so simultaneously aroused and scared. Well. <laughs> John, what's the, the most dangerous position you'd put yourself in for a date? I might put my hand over, like, a candle flame. For I was like, thinking mousetrap. Eight, seven. What? Just touch a mousetrap? No, it'd be hovering over the cheese. I'd be like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> If you don't go on a date with me, I'll eat this cheese. <laughs> I don't understand. Is is he trying to get a date with a mouse or a cat or? Uh, there's a rigged mouse trap. Yeah. Because there's a mouse infestation in the house. <laughs> oh, it, I see. People are asking where it is. It's been seen on the stairs. Um, and my potential uh, suit uh, is oh. going to be annoyed that I'm wasting the mouse traps that are supposed to be for mice trying to get a date. Yeah, well, she was probably annoyed. She's having a lovely time on the Ferris wheel, and a man. I'm not. I'm not saying that we're not annoying women because I. I've spent most of my life doing that. <laughs> um, what I'm saying is, 
Luke, how at risk would you put yourself <laughs> to get a date? Uh, Shark Tank? With loose bars? Maybe. Uh, how loose? Um, if the shark went for the tank a third time, it'd nab you. So what you'd have to hope is that she would acquiesce to the date in that time, but she'd also have to communicate that to you using sign language because you're both underwater. Any woman with any self-respect would pretty much immediately, after one good thrust by the shark, would say yes to a date. So yeah, I'm going with that. After one good thrust? Yeah, that's yeah. Would you wear a meat scuba suit? Uh, great great <laughs> question, John. Yeah. Luke, would you yeah. wear a meat scuba suit? Yeah, I mean, I never thought not I'd be asked that on the podcast the before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's got, nothing, that's got nothing to do with that. John's got a new project. Yeah? <laughs> He's trying to get this Kickstarter off the ground. Did you know that a shark can smell one slice breaded ham in a million slices of wholemeal bread is that right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about so the famous fact that everyone wills out about <laughs> sharks is that they can smell one drop of blood in a million drops of water you're going to build a super scuba suit out of meat so the mm. joke was a shark can sense one slice of ham in a million slices of bread so so luke's gonna wear the meat suit yeah. in the middle of the world's biggest sandwich yeah and we're yeah. gonna let but the at shark that point at that point how much of the ocean has been soaked up You've got to wonder. Because bread, very good for mopping up juices. Very, very good. Very good. Would you just have a, a shark like limping on dry ground? <laughs> it wouldn't would, be dry, it'd be more soggy. Yeah. How, like much soggy bread, land. how much bread would a shark eat through knowing there was some meat at the end I of it? I don't think any. It's against his diet. <laughs> it's gluten free. Yeah. yeah. I mean, why would he eat bread? No matter how up for it he was for the... He'd just probably dig for would it. Would a shark eat bread? Tweet us. If we've got any uh, marine biologists listening <laughs> that know much about the dietary requirements of sharks, um, because the to jungle know- notebook. <laughs> yes, anyway, the jungle <laughs> notebook. Does that answer your question, mate? Is that is that a film pitched? <laughs> Should we- I so- can't remember. All I know is, all I know is, so far, the jungle notebook is mostly about making women feel really uncomfortable, and I don't feel comfortable about that. Uh, no, so let's move on from that. The notebook, we don't really know the plot of it, apart from a bit where he hangs from a Ferris wheel and a bit but where he builds a house. But would be able to do that with ease. That yeah, wouldn't well, even yeah. be a threat. Yeah, but can Baloo build a house? <laughs> wait, doesn't Baloo... he, wait, doesn't he have a house? In Baloo? The, yeah, in the new one. Who built that house? In the new one. I'm sure he has a house. Am I going crazy? Who's Baloo? He's the bird. <laughs> the bear. He's the bird. He has a, I'm sure he has a house. Or am I thinking of Bear in the Big Blue House, the TV show from the night? <laughs> where, where have we gone? <laughs> Sorry. Baloo doesn't have a house. Baloo's just chill. He's Bill Where does Murray. he live? Where do bears live? The woods. Yeah, but do they have, like... I don't want to say a stupid word, but do they have a burrow? Wait, but <laughs> caves? Bears I, traditionally live in caves, yeah. right? But are there enough caves for the bears? I've never seen a cave. <laughs> I've, never really, I've never really seen... I've seen a few, like, Chislehurst caves. They're quite a famous attraction. But I know that the Who gigged there in the 60s, but I don't have any bears living there. John, have you ever been in a cave? Right. Where do bears live? Luke, we I- know where they shit. <laughs> Look, I'm really, I don't know whether this is directly linked to you being here, but there's been some of the weirdest questions that have <laughs> ever been posed. I'm where, this. where do bears live is not this. a stupid question. Do they just sleep in the woods? Yeah. Is, what, without just, any covering? Well, it's raining. Fur. And it's snowing. Oh, fur, well. yeah, because a dog doesn't go into a kennel, does it? <laughs> stupid. Where do dogs wolves don't go into kennels, yeah, do where, they? Where do, they where do wolves the live? Where do big wild animals live? I think just outside. <laughs> they just live outside? Yeah. Well, they just lay down? I'm really... Do they have like, a favourite bit they lie down on? No idea. This, really, is, this is great, I'm really Luke. scared we're going to cut to 15 minutes time and it's just Joel going, where do kangaroos sleep? <laughs> a very good question. But it's a lot warmer in Australia. 
fuck's mm. sake. So, if anything, they have difficulty getting to sleep <laughs> out in the wild. So they need covering for a completely different reason. Mm. I just don't believe that when it comes to hibernation season, a bear just lies down for six months. <laughs> and I also don't believe there are enough caves for the, frankly, overpopulated woods of America. <laughs> There can't be there can't be enough caves to, caves to every woods so that when a bear hi- does it, a bear hibernate does it just climb up a tree and sleep I literally have no idea I don't know where big wild animals sleep when it's cold and I'm, I'm worried about them now I think they've lasted this long surely they're fine they've yeah. got a system in place which they're obviously it's a working system. for them you can't just say a system I know no just one because we don't know doesn't mean it if it, we don't it know isn't I, I'd known. be surprised if anyone knew. What about that guy who lived with birds? The grizzly man. man. Yeah. He could he could have answered our questions, but yeah. sadly he's yeah. not with us anymore. Did he live outside? <laughs> <laughs> Did he have a house? Did Grizzly Man have a Did house? Did Grizzly Man have a house? That's a big question. I think we've sufficiently answered the yeah. uh, the plot synopsis for the jungle notebook. John, move on to the next one. Uh what about this one? Uh we've had uh, someone's asked us for the Ghostbusters, but from the point of view of the ghost. What, so what happens to them once they've been busted? It's quite an interesting question. Where do they sleep after that? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> is, right. it, is it put to sleep, that ghost? Is, because ultimately, does a ghost want peace? Do ghosts live in caves? <laughs> Asking all the important questions. Scaring the bears away. So the bears have got nowhere to rest. Right. Do you think a ghost could smell a ham sandwich <laughs> from a thousand miles away? Look, important question for you, Luke. Yeah. Are the ghosts actually happy to be busted? Because aren't ghosts not really supposed to be on earth they just have unfinished business yeah so once they've been busted is that happy days for that the ghost that wasn't the finish like, that wasn't the business they wanted finishing though <laughs> yeah. I mean, they weren't like before I unless die I really want to get busted by the ghost unless there was a human oh great finally yeah. oh unless there was a human yeah who, that's how he wanted to go yeah but here's the thing is that just cutting out the middleman because they can't finish their business. So maybe they're like, oh, great. I don't think they're not going to a better place, though. Yeah. It's kind of established in the film they're put into that container. Yeah, I think which it's just doesn't sort of look very infinite limbo. Yeah. Oh. It's kind of irresponsible. Oh. Of the go- I mean, they even say that in the film. It's, they don't know what's going on in there. And, and I don't know what it's called, the, where they put them when they... The, the yellow the canisters. Them. Yeah. Yeah. What have ghosts done to deserve this infinite... Being busted. Like, solitude. Really, it's just hijinks. Yeah, I <laughs> think they, they don't really get into any really bad scrapes. They just kind of get yeah. done across a blowjob. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's not that, a He crime. probably didn't bust that ghost. <laughs> <laughs> he bust something. <laughs> a that, nut. That's not, a, that's not a crime so long as he's consented. And from what I remember, right. yep. he did consent. He did. Mm. So that's fine. What we need is some sort of ghost lawyer yeah. to establish we ghost do. rights. We do, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I don't know what more. Is it a courtroom drama? What was Patrick Swayze's <laughs> occupation in Ghost? Because oh, he's like a sculptor or something. Yeah, he? yeah. Potter, okay. General yeah. Potter. General Potter. Yeah. <laughs> he's not going to be useful then. No. No. He, yeah. A ghost lawyer. So we need a lawyer to die with unfinished business. And his unfinished business is that he's very anti the mistreatment of ghosts. Yeah. Great. Yeah. What well, and then? What? How? What happens here? Ghosts take Ghostbusters to court. Yeah, the ghosts take Ghostbusters to court and they have to be established because, you know, like, they're not human, so they don't have human rights yet. So we need to establish whether ghosts are worthy of human rights. Ever seen a ghost, Luke? No. Got any belief there? No, not really. I mean, 
I wish I did. That would be nice. It'd be good. I'd love to see a ghost. This is getting pretty deep, but yeah, it'd be really nice to know that there's something beyond. John, would you like to see a ghost? Yeah. Oh, come on, mate. Friendly one. Casper. Is, he, is Casper the only friendly Can ghost? Ghosts age. I'm sure. Ghosts. Ghosts don't age. You Patrick's, are you mental. Patrick Swayze and Ghost. He he was a nice one. Yeah. yeah. He was a good fella. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, what? He was a what? Good fella. <laughs> well, hang on. He was a good old fella. <laughs> oh, right. Not an Italian-American gangster. <laughs> no, he was a good fella. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. I, mean, I, I have completely lost what's going on in this episode. It's the weirdest. Right. So, Casper. Yeah. And Patrick Swayze. And so that we've got a courtroom full of ghosts, mm-hmm. and we've got a judge who doesn't believe in ghosts. Nice, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> don't know. How, I don't really know why he's turned up for work. <laughs> yeah. This is like this is an easy day. Yeah. yeah. It's just the prosecution. And then she just hits the gavel. <laughs> no, she tries. No. no, she tries to hit the gavel, and there's some resistance. Oh, she's what? like, "What's happening here?" Oh, a bit of ectoplasm. It's a bloody ghost. No, it's not ectoplasm. It's literally a ghost hand. Oh, and then that makes her believe. Yeah. Mm. And <laughs> by the way, this isn't a sequel to the recent one. This is a sequel to the. Uh, oh, thanks for clearing that up. I think a lot of people are probably thinking. <laughs> 1984. Yeah, no, a lot of people are thinking, yeah, this is all well and good. And I'm completely with this and understanding it. But which, just to clarify, which Ghostbusters <laughs> is this a sequel to? There is a sequel to Ghostbusters, by the way. You know? yeah. but, okay, it was, it, but... And it, it, it has a, a courtroom scene in it at the beginning. Oh, and there's shit. the two criminal ghosts who the Ghostbusters capture. Is this not ringing any bells? Oh, God. Have we just accidentally made Ghostbusters 2? I think you just... There you are. We've just pitched Ghostbusters 2. Luke, you said that you brought along some film ideas. I did. Hit us with one. Snakes on a plane, train, and automobile. All right, so the snakes have got everywhere. Inevitable, really. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, One's got to ask how they they even got to the plane in the first place. Um, It was on a container, wasn't it? Yeah. It broke open with some... Some gas, I believe. What I'm saying is, was that delivered by train or oh. by automobile? Uh, so it's a prequel. It's a prequel. It's a prequel. <laughs> so that's how it got onto the yeah, plane. Yeah, exactly. It's quite right, a dull yeah. transportation film, actually. Uh, no, it's not, mate. Because <laughs> there were actually four snake containers, oh. but only one made it onto the plane. <laughs> so what happened to the other three? Uh, one was on a train. Yeah. One was in an automobile. Okay. Uh, and the other was wrongfully delivered to an old couple's house in Basingstoke. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, but they were expecting a package of exactly the same dimensions. Oh, so they wow. took it into the house after removing the front bay window. Um, <laughs> and then they were excitedly uh, sort of unboxed. Thought it was a new sofa bed. They thought it was a new sofa oh. bed, which they'd ordered because they had trouble getting up the stairs. Very sad, actually. Um, and then they... Uh, they had to crack open the box and it was loads of snakes. But fortunately, um, the, the old man is Samuel L. Jackson playing the old character from... Uh, Black Snake Moan. Django. Django. So he is playing the old man from Django and he sets about killing all of the snakes in this motherfucking bungalow. Stoke. Yeah, I've had it with these motherfucking snakes in this motherfucking bungalow in Basingstoke. I like the idea. So you've got that... Uh, so there's planes. We've already ticked that off. Yep. Opening sequence, we have one in a plane. Yep. The train. It's like train to Busan. So we can have some lovely closed door bits and stuff. And then you but you never see one on a single automobile until the very last sequence. And it's just a snake driving, driving a car. Motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Credits. That's really good. Can I ask what happens to the, the sofa bed? What they ordered? Yeah. So Where did that go? Um, 
that's cleared up in a post-credit scene. Okay. Um, There's like a big Bond-style villain, and he's like, <laughs> he's like unleash the snakes, and it just opens. It's just an IKEA sofa. Yeah. There's two. Um, there's uh, like two agents strapped to the floor of a pit of a pit, and he goes unleash the snakes, and just this sofa just falls out on, into the pit. That'd be. That's a great post-credit little. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's an uh, excellent suggestion, Luke. Thank you very much. John, have you got any more? It's a fil- that, that is a film that is really, really average, and then there's just two really great scenes at the end. Yeah. 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 Um, what about this one? Dwayne the Boris Johnson. Hang on. <laughs> right. Good. Is it Boris playing Dwayne or Dwayne playing Boris? Or is it a body swap? <laughs> I thought it was like a Ooh. modern version of Twins. Oh, nice. I don't really remember what happens in Twins. They're, they're twins, I assume. Yeah. But I think one, they're both made from the same DNA, but one is like the rejects, which is Danny DeVito. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, it is. I would never reject Danny Arnold Schwarzenegger is like the perfect man, and then he was like the leftovers. An important question for you, Luke. When John said uh, Dwayne the Boris the Johnson, I can't remember how it was worded, what did you immediately imagine? I imagined Boris Johnson muscly. Interesting. Really, really yeah, that's interesting shape. because I imagine The Rock in a blonde wig. John, <laughs> when you wrote it, what did you imagine? I didn't write this one. Okay. It's from Alice. All right, Alice. Um, what did Alice? What was Alice thinking? Should we send her an email and wait for it together? Okay, so... Do you I, think it's like Dwayne, like as in an ad, is it adjective? Dwayne the Boris Johnson. Like Dwayne him. <laughs> I don't what? know. No. When is Dwayne an adjective? Oh. Soon to Dwayne him, it'll be soon enough. The Dwayne rock, the Swamp. The Rock owns everything. Soon he'll own new words and new meanings for words. Yeah, the Tory Party. <laughs> Dwayne the Swamp. Dwayne the Swamp. Yeah, I just said Dwayne the Swamp. There's another film pitch for you there. Um, yeah, so okay. I. <laughs> that was very good. Um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson wants to run for president. Yeah, but uh, because of some sort of reason in his lineage, or he doesn't qualify, basically. Mm. So he chases a political career in the UK. <laughs> His birth certificate, there's a typo on it, and it doesn't say USA, it says UK. <laughs> it says UK, yeah. He's like, I had no idea. So he goes over to the UK, um, where he immediately befriends Boris Johnson. Uh-oh. And they become the first ever joint prime ministerial campaign. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. And what would happen? Like, Would it would it chronicle their entire like career? Um, or would it just be the run-up to the election I think and then just, I think the other the run- candidates? I think it's the run-up to the election. We've got to set ourselves up for a franchise here. Okay. Um, I think it's the run-up to the election. I think uh, Theresa May's gone. Brexit's been, you know, it's been it's been tough for everyone. And the cabinet's been cleared out. And Boris Johnson, as predictably, Boris Johnson's the only man left standing. And he's like, I need to rebuild this Tory party from scratch. Coincidentally, The Rock's just landed in London. And he's like, we need to change our image. We need yeah. to modernise. Yeah. We need to be cool. Yeah, we need to be cool. Let's get the rock. As a result, Jeremy Corbyn recruits Triple H, <laughs> <laughs> and whoever the Lib Dem leader is at that point uh, recruits uh, Scotty Too High. <laughs> um, there's a there's a great bit where they, they, there's a television and there's like a there's a news journalist pundit and he goes, "Oh, this is an absolute nightmare. This guy knows absolutely nothing about politics." And there's also The Rock. Wait, yeah. did I do that right? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. I did. Right. But right. I lost all confidence in it as I finished I the joke. I could hear that in your voice. Yeah, I, still, I, still, I, still, I, still, I still liked it. I still yeah. it we were both good. really supporting you then as well. Like, Go on, John. They're both touching my knee and patting me on the back <laughs> as we speak. It's very, very comforting. We took a knee each. 
I like that. Thanks, Alice. That's a good suggestion. Would you like my idea? Yes. I've got a horror film, a tech horror. They've been done before. Yeah, that one where... Unfriended? That's what I was going to say, yeah. 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 Is that the one that's... That, it's Skype. Yeah, yeah, so it's all done yeah. on the screen, of, which is a really clever little little yeah. thing. I didn't see it, but I'd imagine... Is it one of those things that gets frustrating after a while? Like, there's the one they did from, a, like, a shoot 'em up style from the point of view of the main character. Oh, was that? Way oh, through. yeah. Um, I forgot. Hardcore. hardcore. Yeah. Is it just hardcore? It's like a... Yeah, it's like a GoPro style. Yeah. Thing. Wasn't there that horror film they did all entirely from the point of view of... Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood, yeah. 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 Not a character played by Elijah Wood. (laughs) No, yeah, it was was from the point of view of Elijah Wood in a horror film. (laughs) It was was originally going to be a documentary about Elijah Wood from his point of view. He started murdering people, they said, (laughs) and they had to be like, this is definitely a work of fiction. (laughs) Yeah. And not not what was happening. Yeah, come on then. Rear Windows 98. Great. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. Stop the podcast there. Say no more. That's great. I don't know why it's 98. I just think it's the most iconic iteration of Windows, right? Ooh. XP? We're not debating this. No, we're not debating this. Not after the sandwich in the sea debacle. (laughs) We are just accepting that 98 was an iconic operating system. It's the (laughs) most iconic. I agree. Yeah. I can still picture the the menu screen and everything. It's it's so iconic. I'm really supporting your idea. Thank you. So, period piece, late 90s. Would there have been of like really early dial-up, internet-y kind of things? Actually, it doesn't even need that. It's just he starts getting weird messages on the computer from the paperclip. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it? Is it? Is the paperclip the bad guy? <laughs> I I I love this. I absolutely love this idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. so the paperclip turns against him, and he thinks that he can just turn it off, and he keeps hearing the paperclip. What um, do you think? What? And the paperclip tries to kill him. Yeah. So there's no going to be there's no going to be like. Voyeurism. I, I, you need a bit, but I imagine a really good line where the paperclip would say, "Like, I've got a tip for you, run." And oh. then, and then, you know, then the music, and then he's yeah. looking at it, and then so maybe the paperclip is helping him. Yeah. In this nice. scenario, great. Yeah, I really like it. And he's, like, and he's always run. like, "Fuck off!" Yeah. Annoying paperclip. And it's what like, everyone was like. And it's like really, yeah. and he's all igno- ignoring the paperclip, yeah. but it's trying to save him. Oh, brilliant. Great. It appears that you are in the final moments of your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there needs to be some sort of voyeuristic element that like he's using his computer to spy on people or something. Like He's the one being spied to, on. He's, so someone's looking through his window yeah. Yeah. to see his Windows 98. Yeah. And then window has an all new meaning. Then. Yeah. Oh, double window. Yeah. Mise on our beam. That's a frame within a frame. The frame nice. of the computer nice. screen within the frame of the window. Very good, very Bit good. Bit of film studies for you there. That's it, and he dies at the end. <laughs> and you could have the window shutdown music when he dies. Yes. Yeah, doom, doom. I can't remember how it went, but it was something like that. Boom, 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 boom. That's a much more recent iteration of Windows, but you remember it when, when you hear it in the end of the film. Exactly right. So is the twist that the paperclip was in on it all along? Yeah. Mm. Great. But how yeah. does how does yeah. a paperclip, how does a digital paperclip kill a man? <laughs> through giving him bad advice yeah so he gives him a series of it's like if you want to get away from this go downstairs and then I don't know put some metal in the microwave you know gives yeah, him really yeah, bad yeah. tips and he's like uh, he tries to flee but he can't just transfer the paperclip onto like his smartphone because it doesn't exist so he has to take his clunky desktop <laughs> computer with him everywhere <laughs> 
He should have been suspicious that something was up when the computer was working, even when not plugged into a wall. Well, I was going to say he had to keep plugging it in to get oh. further advice <laughs> from the paperclip. So he'd be at like uh, a rundown garage on the motorway, just trying to find enough plugs to, <laughs> to sit there with his massive desktop computer. There's a really excellent sequence where he's getting out his rig and uh, the bit under the mouse falls out, the little ball, oh, yeah. and it oh, runs wow. down the road and he has to like run across a motorway yeah. to grab the, the little ball because you're lost about that. I remember at school when you'd take it out and you'd like take them out of all the other mice in the class at IT class and no one could do anything. What would you do with the balls? They were quite heavy. Put them in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Mouth. I think that's that's it. Rear Windows 98. I really like it. It's great. Uh, Have we got one more from you, Luke? Uh, I have. Well, Uh, I say one more. You've got reams of it. I have. I I, I like to plan. uh, John, what would you like to hear from Luke? Would you like um, him to pick his best one or... Do you want a section of quick-fire film pictures? Pictures a couple, and then we'll go then, in deep on okay, what we yeah. like. I like. Yeah, I like that. Okay, there's lock, stock, and double-barrel names. <laughs> nice. Very good. So Very it's posh. just the same film, but yep. with, you know, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Nice. Et Mostly modern football. Tara Power Tompkinson. Oh, okay, yeah. good, 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 yeah. good, good. Okay. Uh, I've got Michael Clark Duncan. I had to write his name down just in case I forgot. <laughs> Another one I've got is Muppets Christmas Carol Vorderman. Nice, okay, yeah. Uh, so again, Michael Caine's gone, Vorderman's in. Exactly. A more sort of conundrum-based Christmas yeah. Carol. And, a yeah, Christmas more conundrum. numerical. Yeah, so definitely, like, throughout, there's, you know, number games. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a lot more based around the accounting business. Yeah, that, uh, it's really focused yeah. on... Yeah, on, on Scrooge's accounting yeah. business. Okay, nice. That was the best one. Um, <laughs> uh, Kirk Van Houten. Uh, so it's basically Dunkirk, yeah. but through the eyes of... Uh, Milhouse's dad. Right, okay, so Dunkirk reimagined as an animation, um, and somehow uh, Milhouse's hapless dad has arrived. Oh, on the you scene. have no idea. He gets into some scrapes. The capers he would find himself in on I, the beach at Dunkirk. I thought it was just going to be uh, Milhouse's dad watching the Christopher <laughs> Nolan film. <laughs> well, I actually thought Denise Van Alton was going to be in there because I didn't make the connection it was a Simpsons character immediately. <laughs> so if that would have been better. Oh, yeah, right. but I thought it made no gone. sense. Yeah. I thought it made no sense. I thought you just said Dunkirk, Van Alton. <laughs> no, uh, all right, well, I'll stick with oh, it. I, yeah, he's, I mean, he's a guest, so I'll be polite, but it seems mad. Um, <laughs> it's just like going, get out, Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> I would never say that to Paul McCartney. All right, some excellent pictures. Yeah. I have a, a quick question. What was the second one? Oh, uh, Carol Vorderman. So she's visited by three ghosts. Yeah, the three former presenters of the show, I imagine. Oh, lovely. That, yeah. And what what lesson does she have to learn? Is it that not everything is about numbers? And letters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're, yeah. You're, you're missing a key tenant of Countdown there, John. <laughs> yes. I just, I just feel like there's, it's, hard, <laughs> it's harder to justify the idea that life isn't just all about numbers and letters because in some ways I guess it kind of is it can all be broken down to numbers and letters can't it I suppose when you go deep enough it's all numbers isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. so maybe numbers. maybe Carol teaches the ghost a, f- a thing or something <laughs> yeah that's Christmas a good spin that way. that's a good spin thanks yeah. and they get ghost rates I get what? Ghost rates. I'm glad you, I didn't. I thought. You, I yeah. I thought yeah. You said I thought something you said something else. Terrible. Yeah. I'm still not entirely sure what you're saying. Rate, like rates on their interest loans. And... I'll say it once more. And they get ghost rights. Like as oh. in. Hey, it's a callback. That's good. That's good. <laughs> oh, great. If I said it more confidently, <laughs> I wouldn't need five minutes of consoling and patting on the knee again. Uh, how about my idea? Night at the Mausoleum. Oh. Oh. It's a family-friendly comedy. Ben Stiller's there. Yeah. He's left the museum because it's got too much for him. 
it's getting out of hand. There's more and more historical characters all the time. And he's like, do you know what? I want to get some peace and quiet. Yeah. I'm going to do the night shift at a mausoleum, which, I, which I'm pretty sure is where there's loads of tombs. Yeah. Is that right? Isn't a mausoleum like a specific, like, specially made grave house kind of thing in a graveyard? But, yeah, just kind of Okay, right. so he's literally putting the graveyard shift because mm. he wants peace and quiet and he's gone to a graveyard and he thought, you know, nothing's going to affect me here. Lo and behold, all the dead people come back to life. Uh-oh. It's ghosts. Yeah, it's ghosts. Uh-oh. Yeah. Sounds like they need a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it just so happens that Ben Stiller's brother, brilliantly, brilliantly played... Owen Wilson. Yeah, by Owen Wilson, obviously, <laughs> is a fully trained ghost lawyer. Oh, when you said, like, family-friendly and it was based in a mausoleum, I was thinking Burton's all over this. It's got yeah. Tim Burton all over it. Mm-hmm. But Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, I'm not sure Burton will be on board for that. I'm seeing an Adam's Family vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Which, right. which could work. A family, like, dark comedy. You know, like, they get into maybe do the thriller dance at the end. You know they'll do that. Oh, they love that. Yeah, they'd love that, <laughs> wouldn't they? This was definitely made in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, Eddie um, Murphy's one of a zombie. Eddie Murphy's a zombie. And Whoopi Goldberg. And Whoopi Goldberg, Goldberg yeah. Get her in. Or, uh, happy to include her in anything, to be honest. She's All in right. Ghost, funnily <laughs> enough. Yeah. yeah, she is in Ghost. Yeah. And she's also in Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. <laughs> Fuck off! Do you, literally, do you think we could go like two episodes without you mentioning Sister Act 2? Well, it's the best title for a film ever. <laughs> Our podcast is essentially funny names of film titles, but we'll never reach the heights of Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. <laughs> what I'm saying is, why are we doing this? I don't know. Luke, what do you think was the best contribution this week? Uh, which wasn't my own. Yeah, oh. Ooh. No, in fact, your own in there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to be honest, I've already forgotten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what, how did we get to the shark thing? That's only pretty good. <laughs> No, I actually think the best one's... Um, Wasn't that Jungle Book? Yeah, oh, I yeah. actually think the best one was Snakes on a plane, train, and automobile. I did like that one. So I think you're the winner, Luke. Oh, wow. Congratulations. What, what will you do with your million pound check? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, cash it. Ca- yeah, good idea. Good idea. Just who don't has do that until next week. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. We've got to clear some funds. <laughs> when you cash a check, do you literally just get the cash for it? Yeah, hang on, mate. Uh, what world do you live in where you've never cashed a check? <laughs> who does that for you? Your butler? <laughs> You've never paid a check-in? Yeah. What happened? Uh, no, but like, you don't... Y- y- it just goes into an account. Yeah, but that's cool. That's cashing a check. Th- that's what I was questioning. You Like, what I'm saying is Luke doesn't have to... It's your first language. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just checking that Luke doesn't have to walk out of that bank with a million pounds in cash. Well, yeah, I, he I, does, I, and we'll be there to mug him. Because well, I can't afford to give him a million quid, mate. Well, thank you very much, Luke. Oh, uh, no worries. Uh, Luke, if you'd like to plug your wares... Please do so. You've got a lot of stuff going on. I have, yeah. Most of it legal. So some feel free to talk. Some of it legal. Feel free to talk about it now. Uh, yeah, the first thing I'd like to plug is the other podcast I do, which is kind of a, a film irreverent kind of comedy podcast. It's not as good as this. I'll, I'll say that now. <laughs> um, well, if you've enjoyed Luke's voice on this show, listen to that podcast. It's, and it, it's called Filmageddon Film Quiz and just Filmageddon. You can follow us on Twitter at Filmageddon Quiz. And uh, and yeah, just listen to us. Uh, we kind of do quizzes on the air as well. Nice, so nice. we kind of pit our wits against each other and guests. Excellent stuff. Yeah, and the Film Again Film Quiz is actually a thing that happens every month at the Prince Charles Cinema. It is, yeah. So Joel, keep your eyes on the skies for that. I think we need to go to one of those and show show everyone just how little we know about cinema. Yeah? Yeah? 
All right, that does mean spending time with you outside of this room, which as you oh, know, we'll bring recording devices so that good, you feel like good, a good, please good, don't, good. please don't. We're trying to run a quiz here, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no phones or elaborate studio setups, please. Yeah. Excellent. Well, this has been great, Luke. Thank you so much. No, no, thank you. Uh, we'd love to have you on again at some point. Hopefully, we don't all lose our minds on that episode. I just had, a lot, I, had I had to, I worked through a lot in that episode. Anyway, Joel, uh, I think we need to go. Yeah, we need to go. Why is that, John? Because there is... I'm going to do your role, yeah? Have a go. Oh, we have to leave the studio because there is a... Knock at the door and it is... Oh, it's, it's a bear! It's a bear? Joel, you've got so many questions. I've got some questions for you, mate, so we better fade this down because what I'd like to know, mate, <laughs> is where do you sleep in the fucking winter? Why do you sleep? Send the guys a movie idea Tell your friends that you like the show Follow us on social media Then you'll be the best listener